So I'm walking into Michael's right now to get some custom island and terrain materials. So I'm in Michael's. This is some of the same stuff that I saw at Hobby Lobby, the Cinerama brand. And this is some of the stuff I've already used with my the ocean terrain that you've already seen possibly. So I might get some more and I'll give you an update soon. So I'm back now. I got my haul from Michael's. For a $20 gift card, it was a little bit disappointing. I would say the selection at Michael's was not quite what I thought it would be. I thought there would be more selection and variety. But uh, I got this little bush thing here, a couple grass packets, and then ground cover. So it's kind of like the bushes as well. So I've been running out of the green stuff in general. I have plenty of the, the brown tan colored sand, but I didn't have enough of the green stuff. And then I did get this this glue here. That I might try to use as a spray glue, so it's like an adhesive. That was only two bucks. Some of this stuff from the Cinerama brand is kind of expensive, but Michael's didn't really have that much other stuff. This I got, fine stone granules. So this is like a whitish, I'm going to use this as like a light colored sand because I've already got stuff that's kind of dark. So the idea is I want to make islands that look like they're from the Caribbean, stuff like that. So I've got the whiter sand there. And then this was all paid on a gift card. So as you can see, uh, one of my biggest goals with the Ocean Terrain Contest number three is to spend as little money as possible. So I've got $20 gift card, it came to 2003. So for all this, I only paid the three cents. I got the gift card there. You can see $20 used on this haul here from Michaels. So I would say if you had to pick between Michaels and Hobby Lobby, I would probably pick Hobby Lobby in terms of getting stuff for the Ocean Terrain you make it for pirates because I think Hobby Lobby had a better selection and a Michaels was a little bit disappointing so that being said Michaels had some other stuff like spray paint that I'm not really interested in anymore um, so if you're into that uh, they did have some of that but in terms of materials to put on islands and whatnot it was kind of disappointing but still a good trip overall so that's my latest haul all right so let's jump right into the uh, deal of the day here this one, kind of random. There's a lot up of Spanish Main, some of the original ships of the game, and it's on eBay right now. You can check the link on the description below to check it out. And there are some good ships in here. The King Edward is a solid English hybrid. The Hoya del Sol is one of the best gold runners in the game, and one of the best Spanish ships in the game. The Asesino de la Nave is a great Spanish three-masted gunship. And there's some other usable ships in here too, like the Carrion Crow, El Leon, uh, the Windjammer, I think the Muerta de la Corona is a little bit underrated, uh, Pescados de Plata I see in there, along with some good crew too, Nemesio Diaz, he is the first ever canceller. Uh, originally Spain was the only faction with a canceller back in the first set. So that's the deal of the day, and I'll jump right into the card of the day. So sets from 1 through 14, to include Return to Savage Shores of course. Uh, set number 8, I believe, is Frozen North. I know David Jones... First is always six, so seven mysterious islands. Frozen North is eight, so we're gonna go to the Frozen North page here in the database at Miniature Trading, and then I sort by number. I see it goes to number 303 as the highest number, so I type 303 into the random number generator. 221 just misses a limited edition, so I hit enter again. 250, nothing there. 101, so that might be a unique treasure maybe. Okay, so it's a captain. Okay, so I guess this is a generic crew I haven't gone over yet, at least the, not that I remember. So captains, as I've talked about a little bit in some of the other pages on this site, and even some of the blog posts and card of the day, captains are completely essential for gunships. You, if you don't have a 
if you don't have a captain on your gunship, it's not really a real gunship because you're not going to be able to move and shoot with the same move action, which is completely essential. Um, if you don't have your own captains, you can print your own. I'll put a link in the description to the crew chips that I've made in the past, um, and I had to use those for Command the Oceans. So if you don't have enough captains for your fleets, I would highly recommend just printing off uh, pieces of paper with captain. You could include the point cost of three if you wanted to. I've found that helps new players uh, get into the game more easily and more easily learn stuff. But captains are essential and pretty much the second most important crew in the game outside of helmsmen, which I'll probably talk about more in some of my other tutorials and other pages or posts and whatnot on pirateswithben.com. So now we're going to jump into the picture of the day, and you might notice there's a lot of tabs. So I was looking through my Economy Edition Pictures folder, and I was astounded to see the sheer volume of pictures that were taken today, uh, three years ago. So June 8th, 2015, it must have been a huge day for Economy Edition, because there were a ton of pictures taken, a lot of stuff happened. So I'll just go through some of them. So there's a bunch of pictures of the day today. So this first one, um, the Americans and the Franco-Spanish were engaged in a big battle here. I love at the bottom of the picture how the submarines, three submarines in a row, rammed, I think, the Moulin Rouge and knocked out both of her masts. And you can almost kind of see that the ship is heeled over to starboard a little bit from the impact, which is really cool. One of my favorite pictures involving submarines in this game. And then in the background, you can see um, a Spanish and a French ship with their masts obliterated and uh, both of them on fire, I believe. And the Black Watch was doing a lot of the damage there. That's the main ship you see. And then USS Egan, it looks like, um, is also laying down some big firepower on the Franco-Spanish. And then there was actually another battle just starting because from the picture of the day yesterday, you saw that the, the Americans, the English, looked like they were headed towards a clash. And they were. So this was this shows the fire squadron arriving at the battle area. So the bombardier was actually... She was equipped with, I think, I think first mate as male was put aboard to to let the stuff fit. But I think the bombardier in this case had a fire pot specialist, fire shot, and exploding shot. So all three of her cannons had fiery stuff assigned to them. And then you combine that with the bombardier keyword. And I actually got super lucky and she hit all four times. So the Paul Revere, which is actually one of my favorite American ships, she was set completely on fire. So you can see here, all four uh, hits landed. So the ship was completely engulfed in flames after just one shoot action from an enemy ship. So one of my favorite um, kind of, one of my favorite things involving like a pokey ship, which normally I don't like very much. Um, some of the ships from Fire and Steel and Rise of the Fiends that are unrealistic, but this was actually a really cool moment because um, I somehow got lucky and managed to hit with all of them. Usually, usually with a fire squadron or a ship with multiple fire stuff on it, won't hit that often, let alone four for four. But in this case, it was a really, really interesting moment. And then zoomed out, you can see the whole battlefield is starting to get all chaotic. So the, the Americans, looks like the English had the first shot. The Americans still had plenty of ships available. And you can see some of their backup ships coming up um, in relief already. So, But you can already tell from... From this picture alone that it was going to become a, a really big battle either way and then moving back this is in like chronological order of like the turn order of that day and here you can see the americans dominating the franco-spanish the franco-spanish didn't really 
they started this battle in this war, but they didn't really they didn't really do too well in this battle at all. You can see the Neptune and the Monique, two French five masters, have been completely dismasted very quickly by I think the Intrepid, the Mohican, and Sioux. So there's a bunch of American ships that just completely turn the Frango Spanish ships to matchsticks or whatever, matchwood. So there's just mass lying everywhere. And it was, this battle progressed at a really fast pace. So they both had high numbers coming into it. And you can already see that the, uh, the Franco Spanish got smashed really hard, really quickly. And here in this picture, you can see Americans have won completely. Most of the ships being towed are Franco Spanish captures. And off to the right, you can see the Franco-Spanish have retreated, and the Americans won this battle in relatively dominating faction, actually. So it was a really good battle for them. And you can see one of my custom islands that's being used as a military port by the Franco-Spanish. The San Cristobal is docked there, and the, the yellow artillery piece denotes that it's a, uh, a military port, which, once again, is from the economy edition rules, of course, invented by Cannon Fury. And this picture, back to the... Uh, the American and English battle. The Constitution has engaged one of the English five masters, um, whose masts are now have toppled over onto the USS Hudson. So, just a really cool picture. I like how like how it almost resembles some of the paintings of naval warfare in the Age of Sail. That's one of my favorite, well, basically my favorite historical topic by far. And in this one, you can see an interesting top-down view from the arch. So you can see Thompson's Island way up there. I put a ship right in the fort because in this game um, and some of my other campaign games, most of them actually nowadays, shipwrights can repair forts um, if they're stationed inside as long as the fort doesn't shoot or give it any other actions that turn. And you can see one of the arches. You can see the gold um, off to the right there. And then you can see the, uh, the Americans, the English, a few of their ships, but this is more of a picture to feature the arch than the battle. And then here... Um, the Cursed Sea Monster Squadron that had taken over and dominated the lagoon, they came out to attack the Franco-Spanish. So the, the Franco-Spanish were sailing along with part of their fleet here. It was a squadron that they sent to the Far East as part of their strategy to try to dominate the Far Eastern reaches of the map. But the Cursed didn't want that to happen, so they sprung their sea creatures out. And here we can see Rocky Roy the Giant Crab from Ocean's Edge, the super rare sparkly one. Um, this one has jumped basically onto what looks like the Grand Banquet, I think, and Procura is able to totally engulf the ship. So it kind of reminds me of a, a movie I watched as a kid, a Godzilla versus the Sea Monster movie, and uh, in this case the Bombardier cannon was no match for the crab. And here's another cool view. This was This is pretty much the opposite angle and you can see how huge the crab claws are. And uh, the ship beyond the Grand Vancouver is actually the San Esteban, which was one of the luckiest ships ever in this particular game, which I'm sure I'll talk about soon. So the Brachiora, I think, combined with one of the squids, one of the cursed squids to eliminate, I guess they sunk um, the Grand Vancouver that same turn, it looks like. And then as a house rule, since Brachiora had this unique position, I had Brachyura kind of fall when I removed the Grand Vanquer, so then Brachyura fell on the uh, on the San Esteban, so that pinned the San Esteban, because you can see at the bottom there, the 
the crab claws on the, the San Esteban's main mast, and then it pinned the San Esteban in place there. And then this was the final picture, so this is just a similar thing, but zoomed out a bit. You can see the lagoon, only one game piece left in the lagoon. You can see, um, looks like Maxahebel from Ocean's Edge has rammed the Conquerant, uh, which is the other French bombardier off to the right. But before that, the Conquerant was able to dismast the Serpent's Fang. Um, that ship I did a review of that was helping out the sea, sea monsters with the L booster ability. So, so the, that's the last one. There was other pictures um, from this day, too. It was a really big day in Economy Edition. A lot of battling and carnage and whatnot. So you can check the link in the description below and uh, check out the battle reports for Economy Edition.